name. We honor your name. We adore your name. We exalt your name. I came. I know how I love him. And there is none above him all day long. And you can hear me singing. Join me in prayer. Father, we thank you once again this Saturday morning that we can sing songs of praises and adoration to your Son and also to you, Father, for your goodness, your mercy, and your grace that is measured out to us uh, during this trying time in the world. We thank you, Father, for our local church here in Mississauga, and we thank you for every child of God that's following us here online today, and every one of our assemblies in North America and around the world. We pray, Father, in this trying time that you will give us guidance and leadings, Father, that we might do the right thing and we might serve you acceptably. Bless the service today. In Jesus' wonderful name we ask it. Amen and amen. Well, it's a privilege coming back uh, to talking, to speak to you today um, on a few important aspects of the Word of God. Um, I honestly believe that the Lord will have a witness in the earth. And before the end comes, the gospel of the kingdom. The gospel of the kingdom must be preached into all the world before the end comes. There's a little difference if we want to draw distinction between the gospel of salvation and the gospel of the kingdom. I honestly believe, and uh, most of all, when, we, when I read the book of Revelation, I speculate to a very great extent, uh, simply because I realize that it is the Lord Jesus that must bring that book into full understanding to his people. And uh, this means that we are using today is one way to get the gospel of the kingdom and the gospel that presents truth and understanding spread throughout the world. I believe this period of time is a very important time. And when I think of this pandemic that is in existence in our day, now, I can go back and pick up other pandemics in previous times that were probably worse than this is. And I can speculate that what's coming will be worse than what we're having right now. And the Bible does speak of a time of trouble such as never was uh, prior to the resurrection. But um, today, I will deal with what we are facing, and I will deal with the present situation that we are encountering right now. And I'm praying that during this period of time, the Lord will, will speak to his elect. He will speak to his elect in all the regions of the world. And the internet right now is that giving us that opportunity to spread the gospel. Now, a lot of people are spreading a lot of gospels, and there's a many, many interpretations of scripture. Paul talks about another gospel, 
And he also spoke about another Jesus, and there are many aspects of it. And I feel that in this local church here in Mississauga, the Lord has given us a gospel that should uh, reach out to the elect, God's elect, uh, not only within our fellowship, but here in North America, in South America, in Europe, in Asia, around the world. And that is around the world, whether it's in Africa, India, or the British Isles, or wherever it is. Uh, we would like to see and pray that the message we're presenting is not an apostate message, but a message that will enable God's people to serve him in a, a more uh, satisfying way according to God. Uh, David, when he wrote the Psalms, he says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Now, you'll be surprised to know that within the church, there is the ungodly. Uh, Jude warned about that in his little epistle. And of course, um, I don't want to stay on Jude. This is a very important weekend, and we try to put everything in, uh, in proper perspective as we head in the weekend. So our messages on Saturday and our messages on Sunday might correlate. But Jude, when he was writing here, uh, he says, um, uh, he said, um, uh, brethren, beloved, verse 3. Jude is just one simple, small letter uh, just next to the book of Revelation. And I hope you have your Bibles open up, especially those of you that are a part of the Gospel Assembly Church in Mississauga. I hope you have your Bibles open up. I hope you have your notepad. And today I would give you some scriptures uh, that I would like when you're finished with the service today that you can follow these scriptures online, that you would go and not only listen to the message uh, again, but you can read the scriptures for yourself and take time. Don't just read it like a, a little novel. Take time to read it and let the Lord link the message we preach with the scriptures. You don't need an encyclopedia. Uh, you don't need a theological book to find out what I'm saying. I'm preaching a simple message, and that's what is good enough for the people that are part of the Gospel Assembly Church here in Mississauga. Jude writing here in verse 3, he says, Beloved, when I give all diligence... Uh, these men of God, and Jude was the brother of Jesus. He was one of those guys that did not believe in Jesus when Jesus started preaching. Uh, Jesus, his own brothers, did not believe in him. And I'm glad that the Lord did not give his brothers, his brothers over to a deception. The scripture does warn that when a man comes face to face with truth, uh, now, if what I'm saying today is truth, first of all, if what I'm telling you today, if I'm a false preacher, then you should shut your little iPad down and run. Uh, get out. Don't stay as far as possible from me. But if God has sent me and I'm called of God, and that is what God has to determine, I think I am, I'm convinced in my heart I am, and so the message I present to you is a message of judgment. When I say judgment, it will judge you as an individual whether uh, to point you towards receiving life or send you into spiritual blindness. 
And Paul warns about that. He says, when they wait, because they will receive not a love for truth, God will send them strong delusions that they will believe a lie and be damned. And I've had a personal experience of having individuals come face to face with the truth that we present in this local church. And when they turn from it, uh, it is amazing how a man can sit in Gospel Assembly Church for many years and then leave the church and believe that God the Father has a wife. That's absolute stupidity and ignorance. How can a man leave this church after listening to all these profound lessons that we put into this church and walk out there and get into another gospel, something that's, that's perverted? How can a man leave this assembly and join up with something that don't believe the baptism of the Holy Ghost is real, that the, the, what happened in the day of Pentecost was real? How can someone do that? How can someone leave this assembly and go back into the theological concept of the Trinity? How can someone, having all of these scriptures and over all these years, because I'll tell you why, because they sat in the, in the church, but they really did not believe. And when you fail to accept truth, you might say it verbally, oh yes, Brother Singh, this is a wonderful message, blah, blah, blah. People talk a lot. And that is why on the internet, I would like you, when you're following what we're doing, listen more than be writing things. You need to listen with your ears and then let it sink down into your hearts, especially if you're a part of the Gospel Assembly Church here in Mississauga. And I'm so pleased with our saints, local saints, and those that are joining in from the United States that's a part of this church, that they understand these things. Don't ever let the devil distract you or allow yourself to be a distraction to others that want to follow the gospel that I preach. And so this is important because when you sit and listen to the word of God, you must believe with your heart. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing, hearing, spiritual hearing, cometh by the genuine word of God that is preached, not just reading scripture, but the word of God that becomes alive, that comes from the preacher's mouth into your heart, goes through your ears right down into your heart. And so we understand these things. It is necessary. You can come to the place, especially in these days, that you lose faith. How does a person lose faith, Brother Singh? Uh, we believe all the doctrines right. Well, I'll tell you how you lose faith. I'm coming back to Jude here in a second here, but just follow me uh, as I speak to you for a little bit. Uh, the devil has many ways to destroy your faith. Uh, he has provided props in our day that undermines your faith. The medicine cabinet is a prop that will undermine your faith. Somewhere down the line, you must have more faith in God than what you've got, what, what you've got in your medicine cabinet or what the drugstores got, or what the doctors are saying. If the doctors have a greater influence in your life than the Word of God, you've got no faith. Are you listening to me? If they, uh, the scientists out here that is dealing with this virus, 
uh, they have got more influence in your life than God has, then something is wrong. You see, we have a virus. Uh, we have something that's affecting the world. I, we see it as a pestilence from God. It's affecting the world. And as a child of God, you let the scientists do what the world needs. But me, I'm a child of God, and you're a child of God, and I have to figure out what God wants me to do. So when it says, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, I listen to the ungodly, I listen to the weatherman. He says, rain is going to fall, so I take an umbrella out. But if my faith is based only what the doctors and the scientists and everybody else is saying, I got no faith. If I was saying you can't say that I'm a preacher, I don't care who you are. You can be the greatest apostle you call yourself or you can be the Pope. If you're sidetracked and your confidence is removed from God because you have props that you lean on and the devil provides these props. I tell you what, if I pray for you, you don't get healed, go to the doctor. But the first opportunity you need to do is to pray. All right? And you turn to God. Uh, the scripture, I got your finger in Jude, but I'm turning back here into James. And I hope I can find this chapter of James when James says, If any sick among you, let him call for the elders. Verse chapter 5 of James. He says, If any, uh, uh, and if any among you be afflicted, verse 13, let him pray. If any be merry, let him sing songs. Uh, Psalms, verse 14. If any, if any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church. Let him run first of all to the emergency. No. Uh, we've got to come to the place that if you're sick, the first thing you want to do is call for the elders of the church. And that is if you have elders that are not themselves addicted to the spirit of society. And uh, you call for the elders of the church and let them pray over that individual, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith shall save the sick, but there was a reason for the sickness to begin with. And the Lord shall raise him up, and if he has committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Now, if I were to write this letter over, I'll put it like this. If any sick among you, let him call for the elders and then confess his sins before God. And if there are sins that the elders can know about, he can tell them also, especially if there are sins that will bring a reproach to the church. Now, the elders are not priests from the Catholic church that want to hear everyone's a sin. The less I know about you is better for me. I can pray. But if you go out and you, if one of the members of the church gets another member pregnant illicitly, I need to know. Uh, we need to know anything that will undermine the faith of the church and destroy its, destroy its credibility. But if you sin privately and you've done things before God privately, confess your sin. And that is why sickness comes. Sickness comes as a result of sin. Or sickness might come as a means to keep you humble or a process God is working in your life to eliminate the possibility for sin. Paul had a thorn in the flesh, whatever it was, a messenger of the devil to buffet him, 
to prevent him getting exalted. And sometimes God has different means, and I can't judge you because you're sick. God is the judge. But if you have sinned, confess your sin, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick. That's what the scripture says. First thing is trust God and get prayed for. And that is what we need to do. We need to, first of all, turn attention not to the props around us, but to God. God must hold priority in our lives. And this is important because God must hold priority. And so back here in the the book of Jude, Jude says, he says, Beloved, when I give all diligence to write unto you, verse 3 of the common salvation, he says, I want to give my full effort into writing to you of the common salvation. Now, Jude, at this point in time, was converted. And I'm glad the Lord, when he rejected Jesus, he might not have rejected truth, but he was embarrassed. And his rest of the brothers, Jude and James and some of these boys that were Jesus's brothers, uh, Mary was not a virgin forever. She was a virgin prior to the birth of Jesus. But after she gave birth to Jesus, she was no longer a virgin. She did not just create the rest miraculously. Entire how many billion? One billion uh, Roman Catholics in the world? Uh, whoever it is in the world that believes Mary is still a virgin, they are wrong. Mary is no longer a virgin, and I'm done with that. You see, Christmas time, all kinds of paraphernalia would be going up. I look at my street, and um, it's like you don't know what it is. If, Abra, if uh, Jeremiah got re- resurrected or Isaiah got resurrected or Paul gets resurrected and we bring them down, they'll ask what's going on in this street. I tell them there's a Christian celebration called Christmas. What? What is Christmas? Is that in the Bible? Well, that's a different story. Don't let me get sidetracked today. But here, James, uh, uh, Jude was giving all diligence because the Lord had not given him over to blindness. Uh, The Lord did not send strong delusions. And so while I'm preaching this gospel and you're listening to me, uh, remember, I believe God has called me to preach the gospel I preach. I've been doing this for many years. God led me into the work of God uh, in 1975 when I met the body of Christ. I took this gospel back to Guyana, and people can maybe quote more scriptures than I can. It doesn't change the fact God has called me to preach the gospel. I'm sure Apollos could have outdone John the Baptist, but God had called John to preach the gospel. There was a man sent from God. His name was Apollos? No, there was a man sent from God. His name was John. How did he look? He looked like a body man? No, he did not. He was dressed in camel's hair, and he ate bugs and drank wild honey. Sometimes it is necessary for God to shake the apple cart because the cart was probably built by the Philistines. That's carrying the ark of God on. It needs to be removed. See, we're we're not coming out of the early church. We're coming out of an apostasy. And uh, when the the ark was taken from Israel many years ago, and I'm just passing on this, uh, the Philistines took it and they thought they took the the God of Israel. See, in those days, there was power that accompanied the ark. Power. You touch it, God judged you. 
And that is how God dealt with his ministers and his untruths. If I'm preaching truth and you reject it in your mind, God will give you a strong delusion. You'll end up and believe a lie. You'll become some, some apostate, somebody, somewhere. You'll leave the work, the church. I can never find it possible for me to leave this fellowship, this assembly that I pastor here in Mississauga, and join up something else. If this fellowship, this entire church comes against me, I will not change because my revelation is a lasting one. It doesn't change with the weather. It's lasting. And so when I'm thinking of that, again, I'm saying, if I'm preaching the truth, uh, you need to spend time, go over these messages, because it will save you. Don't be so full that you can't even listen to the message over. Not listening to it in your pocket. Now, I listen to some of the brothers preaching in the fellowship, and I'm like one of the oldest preacher they've got in uh, Brother Goodwin's work. I'm the oldest. That doesn't mean anything. Uh, scripture says, uh, old men are not always wise. But I think I've got some wisdom, and I've got some years, and God brought me in. And I'm not there and should not be ignored what I say. But if you want to ignore, suit yourself. If you feel like what I'm saying you already know, suit yourself. Because there's a spirit that goes with the message I preach. And God will either give you more and open your understanding to save you. Or the devil, by rejecting this, the devil will get you running after every wild goose there is in the city. Especially during this pandemic season. Before you know it, you're spreading another gospel rather than the gospel of salvation. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, not the cabinet, not the medicine cabinet, not the drugstore, not the medical society. By his stripes, we're healed. You know, I have taken, my doctor recommended me for the past 12 years. Every year, the doctor, my doctor, family doctor, he has called me and make sure, did you get your flu shot? Well, I've taken it for 12 years, except this year. Well, why? Well, he wants me to take it. I take, I, I go to the dentist uh, because I don't have enough faith for God to heal my teeth. I go, I take a blood pressure medication because when Brother Goodwin died, it seems like it affected my entire system and my blood pressure started to elevate. I've got uh, sugar or diabetes running in my family. It's not in mine as yet, but, um, you know, but the possibility is there. I'm not as blind as uh, Isaac was, so Jacob tricked him, and I'm not ready to die of a sickness that killed Elijah. We age, and the body ages. There are some things God will heal us from, and some things he will not heal us. God does not answer all prayers positively. God will answer prayers according to his will. If you had Paul in your church, and you fast and pray for 10, 15 days to heal him from his thorn in the flesh, he will not get healed. Because the thorn in the flesh was given for Paul's perfection. Now, these are things that 
as children of God, don't be fanatical. And so when you reject truth, God will send strong delusions. So God will come knock on your door and says, I'm God. And then you open up the door. No, no, no. God never operates like that. The devil doesn't operate like that. But, but because you have rejected truth, how do you reject truth? Say, I don't believe it? No. By ignoring it, by not wanting to find out what is really said, because you're so full of yourself, the devil will come on in, sidetrack you, and take your faith away, and you'll be believing lies, everything there is a lie. Santa Claus is a lie. The Christmas tree is a lie. Christmas is a lie. Are you listening to me? It's all lies. Well, I wouldn't believe, yes, you make yourself like a child putting up a Christmas tree in your house. You're as giddy and fickle as a six-year-old child if you do that in your house. And now I'm saying that, and some people will go and take a picture in front of their Christmas tree and post it online to make me feel like I'm an idiot. Guess what? You don't have to make me feel like an idiot. I feel like that every day with the messages that God gave me to preach. But I'm right. I am right. And the message I preach will condemn you. And you reject it, God will give you more than a Christmas tree. Before you know it, you got a Madonna sitting in the front of your house. And before you know it, you got a Buddha. Because when you go blind, you go blind. So listen to me seriously. I'm serious today. And so God's people, Jude said, I want to give all diligence to write unto you the common salvation. He says, um, he says uh, but, but um, I had to change my message. It was needful for me to write unto you that you should earnestly contend for the faith. You need to fight for the faith. What do you think I'm doing in every one of these messages? I'm fighting for the faith. Because that which I found in, at Sixton Clinton in 1975 has deteriorated. The challenges I had received when I came on into this fellowship, we don't have that challenges. We have preachers that are jokers. Serious jokers. And my, may God help us. Because today with a pandemic, it is time to examine ourselves and make some changes. But you know, I thought about it this morning. I sat down and says, if suddenly in a moment, in the flash of a moment, we are free from this pandemic, it's all gone. Like who? It's gone. Do you know that most people will return to their regular lifestyle? The church will fail to understand that there was a reason why God is judging the world and we get judged with the world. But there comes a time when God speaks once and he speaks twice and we fail to understand he will give people over to a reprobate mind that they will not see truth like they should see it. And so Jude says, he says, certain men... He says, uh, delivered on the message that was delivered unto the saints. He had to fight for that. That's why I'm doing. Somebody says, Brother Singh, you're always fretting. What do you think I'm doing? I always have to fret. I'll give you a little message on the resurrection occasionally. But he does not resurrect hypocrites to be in the first resurrection. If you have paganism and all kinds of fickleness 
in your life. You will not resurrect, my friend. You can sing all you want. Oh, Lord, I want to be in the first resurrection. You can sing it until you get laryngitis. You will not resurrect. Amen. You'll be fertilizer for people to plant on for a thousand years. Excuse, that's just a terminology. And Jude says, For there were certain men crept in unawares who were of old ordained to this condemnation. They, I mean, they were creeping in and passed the usher at the back on their knees and crawled. No, no, no. It meant they came on in like children of God. They praised the Lord. They clapped their hands. They joined in the dance. They joined in the worship. They said the message was great, but they came in with an agenda to undermine that message. They brought in what they had in their old life into the church. They were not really converted. And coming on into the church, here was what Jude called them. He said in verse 4, Certain men crept in unawares who were of old, before of old, ordained to this condemnation. Ungodly men singing in the church. Ungodly men testifying in the church. Ungodly men being in the band in the church. Ungodly men feel their call to the pulpit. If anyone is not doing what God ordains to be done, you're ungodly. That is why iniquity is a subtle item. Ungodliness is a subtle thing that comes on in. Brother saying, well, I am praying a lot and I'm fasting a lot and I'm following all the doctrines right. Listen, if you're not converted, all you're doing is mechanical worship of God, just like Israel did in Isaiah chapter 1. All the mechanics of religion, they're dead. But God says they were uh, putrefying sores from the soul, from the head of the, uh, the crown of the head to the soles of their feet. The priests were sick. The people were sick. The, the, the congregation was sick. And that is why today I read a beautiful thing in, uh, in, uh, on Facebook where someone was wondering what healing of the beast mean. And I thought it was a wonderful thing. The healing of the beast necessitates the healing of the body. The healing of the beast is not making the beast a modest, a, a modest disciplined um, moral system. To heal the beast is to make it as ridiculous as it was before. It's to revive its evil. To heal the beast means to revile its evil. It's purpose that will bring damnation and destruction in the world. <clears throat> now the healing of the beast, a civil government, uh, is prophesied. We had a prophecy given to us. Healing of the beast. It's a different kind of healing than the healing of the body. The beast that needs the healing, it's the restoration of the beast to what it was when 55 million Protestants were killed and martyred by Latin Christianity. The healing of the beast is the martyrdom of, martyrdom of God's people by civil government from Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, Medo-Persia, the Greece, uh, Greek Empire, and uh, Rome. All of these civilizations that persecuted the church. For the beast to be healed, it means that the system out here is getting like it was. 
And when I look at what's going on in society, what will bring the whole world together? You think salvation message? No. What will bring the atheist, the Hindu, the Muslim, the Presbyterian, the Assemblies of God, every all of these people, and Gospel Assembly, some of our churches, together? I tell you what is uniting us right now, Christmas. You're one with the man next door. Oh, it will all be over after the 25th of December, but the spirit will still live in you until next Christmas comes around. Do you think Jesus can walk into your house and be pleased with what you have if it's all dressed up with this paraphernalia for Christmas? But we're Gospel Assembly Church. We come out of Babylon. Come out of Babylon, my, you don't want to hear I want to say my foot. But I have an injured foot, so I can't say that. And so, you think, you know, it is so sad that you, you can say, I'm out of Babylon, and you're full of Babylon. Preachers, saints, believers need to examine themselves. And Jude said, ungodly men. And that is why the scripture I quoted that says, blessed is the man, the church, the child of God, the gospel assembly saint, anyone that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight, you love to read the word of God and study God's word. And I've got 20 minutes, and let me see how fast I can touch on a few things here, because this is important. You see, when you turn to the, seeing we are close to the end of the Bible, turn with me to Revelation. In Revelation, the 8th chapter and the 9th chapter, God is judging the world. And I'm giving you little spots, little areas, little verses of Scripture, but you need to read the whole thing when you go home. In Revelation chapter 8, it tells us here in chapter 8, verse, um, uh, verse 1, that when the seventh seal is opened up, it opens up seven trumpets. And the seventh trumpet, the first trumpet in verse 7, the first trumpet seems to target the earth, and one-third of the trees were burnt up. Now, I'm thinking John is having this vision, and whatever he's seeing is a certain area of the earth. He's not seeing the whole earth. Uh, the reason why I say that, it says here in verse 7, the last section of verse 7, it says, and all green grass was burnt up. Now, that did not happen for real, because in chapter, in chapter uh, eight, 9 and verse 4, when the, uh, when the fifth angel sounds, it says, and it was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass. So it means that there was still grass. So I'm thinking John is seeing a section of the earth, and everything in that section was burnt up. Uh, One-third of the trees was burnt up. You mean they had someone went out and counted how many trees there were and, and how many was left and how many was burnt up? No, it's an approximate. The Bible has a lot of approximate numbers. It has approximate numbers. You mean Jesus fed 5,000? Uh, he didn't feed 4,950? He just straight 5,000? Hey, you mean that was it? Well, Luke did a good job when he uses the word about. 
120 on the day of Pentecost. Uh, he says about 3,000 added to the church after Peter preached his message. Jude did the about thing. And I think uh, this is what John is seeing. So the first trumpet uh, hurts the earth uh, by destroying the trees. Uh, trees were burnt up. When trees are burnt up, oxygen is depleted from that vicinity. We need the trees in order to survive. An earth without trees is an earth that will die. A world without trees is a world that will suffocate because of a lack of oxygen. God in his creation has created trees. Adam, if God had placed Adam on a bare planet, a garden without trees, he would have started to suffocate because he was a complete man, sinless man, but he was a human being, needed oxygen. He had lungs that needed oxygen. A second angel sounds here in verse 8. And when the second angel sounds, it says uh, it was affecting the sea, and the creatures in the sea was affected. They were poisoned. Whatever happened, they were poisoned. The third angel sounds, and it says uh, the third angel uh, sounded in, in, the, in verse 10. And when the, sound, the third angel sounded, affected drinking water. And never before in history have we had such a big problem and such an obsession about drinking water, clean water, good water. Uh, I drink, I drink Dasani, and Dasani is not an alkaline, alkaline, it's not alkaline water, but it's remineralized water. I'm not recommending Dasani to you. I drink it. I love the taste, and I drink it. I, somebody says, don't drink it, you will die. Guess what? You will die too, drinking the purest water. And I might live longer than you because I don't depend on the water. I do my best. As far as I'm concerned, it's a nice water. And now I'm seeing that they're serving it in restaurants. But I like my Dasani. It tastes good. It's not alkaline. I don't have a problem with anyone needing alkaline water. But this is not alkaline. It's just remineralized, filtered water. And so I drink it. And I'm here. Do I look like I'm getting old and dying? No, I've been drinking this for years. And even the little stand that I have here, it fits perfectly. This little bottle fits perfectly underneath and I drink it. But guess what? I still must trust God. Drinking water was affected. Here in verse, uh, in uh, the 10th verse, uh, fountains of water. And when the fourth angel sound in verse 12, the sun uh, was smitten. And the ozone was affected, and the heavens <clears throat> were the influence. You know, the moon has influence on the earth, and the sun has influence on the earth, and I believe the stars have influence on the earth. Uh, the moon controls the tide. Somebody says, well, it does not have, I just have a good old moonlight. No, the moon controls the tides on the earth. <clears throat> and I believe man is not smart enough to know what does the stars do. I believe the stars... Uh, are a part that, that influenced the earth and its existence. I really believe that. And then it goes down here in chapter 9. It says the fifth angel sounds, and the Lord is telling that to target men, uh, men uh, that have, don't have the seal of God, that don't have the Spirit of God working in their lives, that are not meant to be saved. And this was judgment was passed on here, and then it says, Woe, one woe is passed, verse 12. And behold, two woes are still to come. 
And then I want to bring your attention to verse 13. It says, And the sixth angel sounded, and when the sixth angel sounded, sounded, it affected areas of the Middle East. And it affected in the areas of the Middle East, and verse 18 says, And by these, these three was the third part of men killed. Now you would think that mankind is dying, and man would sort of turn his attention to God. Guess what? He did not. Man rebelled. Man did not turn his attention to God because, guess why? Because the idols were still alive. You see, in this pandemic that is happening in the world uh, is, is not really the extreme judgment because we still have the internet. We have our idols of gold. Our bank account is still intact. Uh, we have everything. We can order food on Amazon. God has blessed us with Amazon. When the real judgment of God hits the world, the idols would be burned up. That's what Revelation 18 talks about. Revelation 18 is not for something in the past. It is for the future. And that's when the real cry would say, come out of her, my people. Future tense. The real call. Because God's people are overpowered and influenced by the spirit of Babylon. We're in the body of Christ, that's what you say. Does Christ say that? Show me your life, and I'll tell you who you are. My dad used to say, show me your company, I'll tell you who you are. Well, show me your company, I'll tell you who you are. Who do you company with? Well, Everything that happens in society is given for a reason. And the man is still blessed when he walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor enjoy what the ungodly enjoy, that sings the song of the ungodly. Uh, the rebuke of the wise, and I pray that God give me wisdom to be preaching a rebuke to everyone that's obsessed with paganism in your area, in your church. Don't find a reason to justify your hypocrisy. Find a reason to serve God and, go, and enjoy a sanctification from an ungodly lifestyle. It is important. And if I'm preaching the truth and you're rejecting it, God will send you strong delusions that before you know it, you stop preaching the gospel and you're preaching the medicine cabinet. Amen. Amen. See, in Canada, we had a doctor's strike some years ago, and they said during the doctor's strike, few, few, it was fewer people died when the doctors were on strike. That is because the medical profession out here, it has its place, it has its reason, it has for its existence, it has its reason for being there. Had it not been for the medical profession, Chandri would not be sitting here to my right. She has a mechanical valve in her heart placed there since the year 2000, ticking away. You go close to her, you hear a little thing operating in her heart. It's ticking away. And she told me, she says, my time is short. Well, Jesus said that 2,000 years ago. And the scripture says time is short. Paul said that 2,000 years ago. But there she is, medical science. But her faith should not be undermined by what medical science offers. 
And so I told you about a vaccine. I took the flu vaccine for 15 years, approximately every year. This year, the lineup of the ungodly people was so much for the flu vaccine, I said, give them a break, let them take him. I'm going to wear a mask. This is the only year my doctor did not hassle me because he's closed up. I can't even see him. And someone says, are you going to take the, the vaccine for a coronavirus? If I didn't take the flu vaccine, you try to figure it out. You do it because you don't have faith. I will do it of necessity. If they say, well, if you don't take this vaccine, you can't fly, and I need to fly, then I'll probably take it. But if they don't stop you going across the border, then I'll drive when I can't fly. I don't know. If it becomes mandatory, I'll take it. I pay my taxes mandatory. I do a lot of things mandatory. Come on, we close the church mandatory. But God must help us. And then it goes down here in verse 18. It says, and there were one third of the men were killed. But their power, they, they, the beast, is still operating. And the rest, verse 20, the rest of the men were, who were not killed by these plagues. See, man does not learn. And that is why we have not learned a single thing. We get a chance, we open up back and get a big old stuff going on and we dance like crazy. Listen, I am here to examine every aspect of our worship and our service to God. That's my job as a pastor. Well, a thousand of the other brothers are doing this, I don't care. Since I was small, I had a mind of my own. That God led me in many, many areas. God led me. Put words in my mouth like he's putting here today. And then it says, The rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues yet repented not of the works of their hands. And I ask myself, we in the Gospel Assembly Church and in every Christian church, can't you take a hint from God? And find out what he's trying to tell us. And don't just follow the, 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 the ungodly out there. Well, they're running. To the, we all run. You see, the world wanders after the beast. And I can say, I see, see the world wandering. They are amazed at what the beast. The word, word wandering is W-O-N. Not W-A-N. They are wondering. They are so amazed. <laughs> Isn't this a... Oh my God. Did you see the star on top of my Christmas tree? Well, any preacher that puts a Christmas tree up in his house should dress like Santa Claus and go to the church and share gifts to the kids. You need a, if you don't have a pot belly, you can put a pillow and make it up. But it's saying, we don't like you. Guess what? I don't like me too. And the more I learn of God is the less I see my righteousness. I'm not Isaiah, but woe is me for a man. I'm a man of, of unclean lips. And I dwell among a people of unclean lips. May God help me as I trust, try to trust him. And it says, they did not repent because they still had the Christmas tree locked up in a box. 
and the gold. It says they could they uh, the works of their hands uh, that they should not worship devils. Uh, it says, let me go back again. Rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues yet repented not of the works of their hands that they should not worship devils, idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and of wood which neither can see nor hear nor, nor walk. Uh, like, adult, like adultery has revolutionized itself and taken a different form in the 21st century, so has idolatry. So has addictions. For some of us, church is not a need for God. Church is a need to satisfy our spiritual and religious addiction. Instead of coming to church to get your, your spirit worked on and God save you, and it becomes that place where the spirits of just men are made perfect, it has become a place where addiction, religious addictions is being satisfied. So as a pastor, I must think about what the people like and give them a dose of it to keep them in church. Today I'm looking at three and two, five. How many of us? Three and three, six. Eight of us in church. We can only go to ten. So I'm looking at ten, and you hear me preach this gospel. But you know, on Wednesday night, we sometimes had 15 on a regular before the pandemic. Wednesday night, 15. And the message I preach does not depend on the band. It does not depend on the music. It's not in your hips that brings God in, but it's your lips that manifest a sincerity from your heart. Isn't that nice? I like how that sounds. Not your hips, but your lips that manifests the sincerity of your hearts. Too many of us like to come into church to have a, a, a Saturday night brawl. What has the church become? Only God knows. And here is what it says. They had goals of idols, idols of silver. Today, the idols are different. They have all kinds of idols. And you know, I'm talking about spiritual idols. I'm not talking about a dumb thing like a Christmas tree. That's plain old dumb. I'm talking about your money in the money market. I'm talking about the ego that you have. I'm talking about spiritual idolatry in your life. I'm talking about you making your kids and your grandkids, your, your spouse, an idol. Some people are glad when their spouse is unsaved so they can bring all kinds of ungodly things into the house. Tomorrow, God helping us, I want to show you where Israel made mistakes. And the commandments of God was not only for the Israelites, but it was for the stranger that ended up in Israel. So if you have a stranger in your house that's not a part of the church... Well, brother Singh, my husband believes in the church. Now, if he believes in the church, he'll be here in church. You don't like me, right? Guess what? Love me. 
Because any doctor that looks at your cancer and says you got a, a little boil is a quack. I'm not a quack in the pulpit. I'm a genuine minister that I feel God has called to preach the gospel. And I preach it like it should be preached. And idolatry today is subtle. And the devil is more subtle and he can get you promoting all kinds of stuff except the gospel. Where is healing gone? Where is trusting God gone? Well, I got to depend on the devil. No, you don't have to. Last verse. Neither repented there of their murders because they, you hate your brother. You're worse than a murderer. I wonder how many people shot me down in their minds today. Or in the future, whenever they listen to this message. Nor their sorceries. If God is not getting the praise in that service, the devil will come in. So when we, Christmas Eve, we'll have a service in this church and we will have the uh, little choir singing, Away in a manger, no crib for a bed. Huh? Listen, you can sing that some other time. Sing it in Easter time. That's a lot of stuff by itself. You know, I love the word of God. I just love the word of God. And so their sorceries, their murders, and their sorceries, and their spiritual fornication, and their thefts. Whole lot to be said about that, but time is gone on me, and there's only so much I can preach uh, in one service to make you remember what is being said. So listen to me as I conclude this service today. When you go home, examine your life. Examine where you're coming from and find out if you have spiritual sorcery operating within your realms. Because if God does not take that worship, see if we have a worship service here and we are really moving hips more than hearts and we're going on carrying on, <clears throat> you wonder if they did that in the early church. You wonder if the Lord wants that or the devil wants us to bring our pagan customs from wherever Timbuktu we are coming from into the church, if that's what God wants. And I need to wonder if Israel, when they were in good relationship with God, if they did that. Tomorrow, God help us, we'll get into some of these areas. But may we examine ourselves and may God save us from spiritual sorcery and spiritual witchcraft and spiritual idolatry. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this day, another day in your house. Father, we're living in trying times. We're living in a day where your people delight in following the ways of the heathen. God, we let our tradition and, tra and, and uh, tr tradition from our past, uh, from our ancestors, infiltrate the work of God. We're brought in like Solomon into your house idols. May you help us, O oh Father. May you, may you have mercy on us and give us a spirit of holiness and a spirit of dedication. 
that ungodly men will not creep into the church like they did when Jude was writing his epistle. May you save us, Father, from the spirit of an ungodly society, the spirit of religious perversion, the spirit of of spiritual sorcery, Father, and witchcraft. Please, O God, save us. Let this message save our souls, we pray. In Jesus' wonderful name we ask it. Amen.